In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of koi gear, casting, and klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. everybody, it's October 28th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 15 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And this week, we're coming to you live from Lolcat Central because we have a guest podcaster tonight. <laughs> a very tiny guest podcaster. It's a, it's a pod kitty caster. Yes. We have a little ginger tabby podcasting with us. So if you hear us mewing uh, in response to a little itty bitty mew, just don't be alarmed. We haven't lost our minds, at least in that avenue. We've probably <laughs> lost our minds, you know, a couple different ways. But yeah, we have a little kitty wandering around the studio with us tonight. Yeah, about a week ago, my mother was driving home on a very cold and wet rainy morning and found a tiny little ginger kitty in the middle of a busy street. So, of course, she picked him up and wrapped him in something warm and brought him home and dried him off. And thankfully, he was not hurt. But we have been trying to see if we can find a home for this little guy. And Maggie has been saying, maybe. So we brought him over with us so he could sniff around and so an admin monkey could meet him. Yep. So anyways, if you are joining us, you obviously were also not raptured on October the 21st. So welcome to the club. The Hellfire Club, I guess. Yes. Which is possibly just as well, though I figured on that date, you know, if I'm raptured on the 21st, that was the day I was in Kentucky visiting friends, and I had just eaten fried chicken and <laughs> coleslaw and macaroni and cheese. Oh, and chocolate brownie pie. Ooh. You would have raptured happy, huh? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, world can end right now, and I'd be perfectly happy. We're good? Yeah, I'd be good. Yes. As you will have known if you listened to the last episode, that is why we didn't have an episode last week, because I was away in Kentucky visiting friends. And I just ran amok. Geeky friends. Well, considering we met through a television show fandom and then through live journal role-playing games, yes, geeky that friends. That qualifies as geeky friends. Which was awesome. But some of that will come up a little later on. Yeah. When it comes to my travels. Let's start off with Adventures in Knitting. Maggie, I believe you have something to announce. Oh, hell's frickin' yes, I do. This Celtic stole is done. Yay! Okay, now it's not blocked, but it is officially bound off with the lace borders on it. Yay! So, if you listened to the last episode, I did rip back and then... I did tink back even further. I'm just taking the lifelines out now. Yeah, I just realized you still had them in there. It's cobalt blue stole, and I've got canary yellow lifelines in it. The border, which, again, just like the rest of the stole, it's not hard. It's just a lace pattern, so you just have to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just one more thing you have to do before yeah. it's done. Yeah, but it is done. Like It is officially bound off. It just needs to have it soak and it's stretch, and I can send it off in the mail. Yay! Yay! I am so freaking happy. This is like epic lace project done. done. Finished. Done. Diddly done, 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 done. I, I could have, you know, thrown a party last night when I bound off the last stitch. And Here, it is quite pretty. Take that in. And it's quite big, too. Yeah, it is big. That is easily, what, seven and a half feet? Oh, yeah. Long? This is long. Long stole is long. Yes, long stole is long, and somewhere in the middle it's going to be, what, three feet wide? 
Yeah, probably. Once it's stretched out. Yeah. Of course, once you stretch it out widthwise, yeah, it's it not won't be stretch out quite as much lengthwise. lengthwise. But somewhere in there. Anyways, it is done. And I know a young lady in Delaware who needs a little bit of good charm. So hopefully <laughs> this will bring her some happiness. So that is done. I only have one thing on the needles, technically. That is the handsome mittens. I'm getting around to knitting the second colorwork mitten. And how far in are you? Come sa. I've got the cuff done. I've got the braid at the edge of the cuff. And now it's just like half repeat. Yeah, slightly less than an inch. Yeah. But hey, it's color work. Give me a break. And I was fil- finishing the stole. So that's done. As for the sock, the uh, purple sock that I started, what, four times over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's frogged back into a ball. I had gotten up to my calf... And I did keep trying it on, and the more I kept trying it on, I kept thinking, you know what? I don't like it anymore. I don't Rip. know. I I just didn't. And I don't know if it's because I didn't add enough stitches, I didn't do enough increases as I went up my calf, so the stitches got pulled open more than they should have. Yeah. Maybe for my first time making socks for myself, I shouldn't go that high. Maybe I should just go to, like, you know, the half calf length, five inches up the leg instead, instead of trying to do knee-high socks, but I figure, you know what, that could wait for when I'm done the handsome mitten and all of my Christmas obligations are met. Yeah. And I could knit without obligation or guilt anywhere else. What? Why are you looking at me like that? It's like, well, you know, this is a, this is a self-imposed obligation. Whatever. Well, it seems that the ghosts of episode past have returned. And they have attacked our mic. Again. So, yes, where we left off, I believe you were talking about your socks and how you were doing the handsome mittens yep. instead. Pretty much. Let's see. So for this past week, I finished a project. I frogged a project because I just didn't like the vanilla socks anymore. It just wasn't making me happy. I will get back to them once all of my Christmas knitting obligations have been met. Monkey, what are you doing? Oh, oh he does that all the time. You're playing with the kitten. The monkey is playing with the kitten. The monkey is holding our mic again, but the monkey has no voice this week. <laughs> and the kitten is currently biting his toes. So yes. That that was me for adventures in knitting. I'm fishing for a kitty right now with yarn. <laughs> okay, so my adventures in knitting. I worked on Mom's stole. And I worked on Mom's stole. And you worked on it some more? Yes. I finished a stole and you have to start one. Yes. It isn't about the two feet mark now. I wish it was about the four feet mark. Is that how far you have to go? I Probably a little longer than that. I probably don't have to do it too long because mom is short, but no, I, I just wish it was over. Because I don't know, maybe it's just because like this week, the last couple of weeks have been busy weeks and this is the only thing I've been working on and I've been tired and I'm like, I don't want to knit this anymore. Yeah, because this is, you've had crazy pants sort of deadlines. I mean, you're talking about me and my imposed knitting. You've had crazy pants project deadlines. Yeah, but with me and mine. Well, at least with the other thing that I had crazy pants deadlines for, it was for me. Okay, yeah, you got that. And it was that. for a special occasion. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> this one it's for somebody else and so it's hard to get as motivated. <laughs> but it is a crazy pants sort of deadline and the crazy pants pattern. Cuz it is it is a really nice pattern. And you do sort of get into the rhythm of it and figure out how it goes. It's just not only is some of the pattern patterned every single row, but it's part of the pattern. The first part of each pattern repeat is patterned plain, pattern plain, pattern plain. Right. And then it changes to pattern, 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 pattern. So even on your rest rows, technically, yes. it's still a pattern row. So there's half the pattern where I can just sort of whiz through it because I'm, you know, only doing one pattern row, and then I hit the hit. You said whizzed. <laughs> Thank you, Beavis. But then too, it also doesn't 
help that, of course, last weekend, as I said, I was visiting friends in Kentucky, and so I didn't have a lot of time to work on it while I was there, except for one night we were doing a movie, and I did work it all the way on it all the way there and all the way back, but as I was saying the first time we recorded this, basically to get from Buffalo to Louisville, it was two flights, neither of which was more than an hour, which means you have about 20 to 30 minutes actually in the air where I can work on this before I have to put things away because it's time to land. And then even in between, it's like, yeah, I have an hour and 15 minute layover, but there's a certain amount of time getting to the gate, yeah. grabbing something to eat, and then boarding the plane. Right. So Whereas if it had been a plain vanilla sock that you could drop in your purse and then just pick up again, it would have been no problem. Yeah, I could have, you know, knit the plain vanilla sock as I was handing the flight attendant my boarding pass, or at least just stopped for a second held onto the needles, and then picked back up again as I'm walking down the jetway. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite so with this, because I have to mark every... And as you're walking down the jetway knitting your van- your vanilla sock, you're going to have everybody looking at you like a terrorist, because you oh, have knitting needles on you the plane. You have pointy things! They let you take pointy things on the plane? It's like, yes, are you kidding me? I'm not getting anything on this shawl. But yeah, so that is basically, like, the only thing I've worked on for the last couple weeks. I haven't worked on, he- on Hexapuffs... I haven't worked on No the... little hexapuffs? No. Aww. And I'm not going to start singing the song again. I think we've already got people that stuck yeah. in people's minds already. I feel sorry for the little hexapuffs. You <laughs> feel sorry for the little hexapuffs? That's because you're crazy. But yeah, I haven't worked on the spring forward socks, and I really want to work on something else. Because you still have your fair owl scarf you want to do, too. Yes! I haven't even started that. Have you at least but... looked for the like the pattern stuff that you want to do for it? Like, Oh, yeah. I haven't actually photocopied them and glued them into my knitting oh, journal okay. yet. Because, again, I, I don't want to... I don't really want to do that until I'm ready to knit it. Otherwise, okay. I'd be like, I just want to knit this. But then it probably also doesn't help that like, I'm working this entire weekend. So it's not even like I have a weekend. This weekend, at least, where I can just sit back and knit like the wind. Yeah. By the way, everybody, this is Halloween weekend. So, you know what, if the podcast is a day or so late, you know, eat some more candy and just be happy. Really, the podcast being late would have nothing to do with it being Halloween weekend, other than the fact that the the cafe where we have our knitting night is having their Halloween party tomorrow night. It'd be more due to the fact that I am working all weekend. Well, you're working and, you know, events Uh, are going to happen this weekend. You know, not that we've ever had anybody complain about the the podcast coming out late before so and it has come out late so thank you listeners for being understanding yeah but yeah so that's pretty much it for my knitting adventures so shall we move on to geek squee geek squee okay i i kept thinking to myself as um because we had this two week i kind of wanted to say the word layover just because of your airplanes i kept thinking to myself okay i gotta get some really good geek squee because we've had Two weeks of it, and you know, I just had a really, I just had a vacation while you were gone too. I was just like, ah, I don't have to do anything for a while now. I did get to see another geeky movie. I got to see The Green Lantern. And? Now I know that a lot of people did not like this movie, and by a lot of people, I mean just out there. It does didn't get good reviews. DC Rotten, a lot of people, DC fanboys, did not like it. Did well, it? Neither did critics, neither did the majority of the audience from what Rotten Tomatoes says. Yeah, like, (laughs) not being uh, experienced in the DC world, you know, or any of the Green Lantern paraphernalia, I did not mind it. Now, before anybody decides to, you know, look down their nose at me, 
I will be the first to admit, I am easily placated by a geeky movie, and as long as I know that it, there will be a certain amount of cheese presented, I will bring my bottle of wine in hand and just enjoy the cheese that is presented. Yeah, the crackers to, to yeah. enjoy the cheese whiz. So, you know, some people did not like... Alright, I say some. Majority, it seems, of people did not like the Green Lantern. I didn't mind it. I can't say that, you know, I'm going to go out there and start, you know buying everything emerald green and start prancing around in green lantern mask and, you know, all sorts of other stuff. But I didn't mind it. Wearing a fancy green ring? Yeah. In brightest day and darkest night. (laughs) We have to rewrite the oath for knitters. Oh, sweet Jesus. We should do that. And instead of the... Instead of the lantern, we'll have a In brightest day and darkest night, no cashmere will escape my sight. (laughs) We'll have a ball of yarn in the middle with two knitting needles. Get on it, Maggie. (laughs) And instead of, you know... Green Lantern, we'll have Cashmere Lantern, and then Alpaca, Alpaca Lantern, Lantern, Merino Lantern. Come on, you guys could get behind this, right? And then you'd, you know, you could basically go, shaboom, and you're wearing an awesome sweater. How about that? And instead of green cosmic energy comes out, some really cool yarn spins out, and, you know, the next thing you know, you've just, like, knit a road or a slide for somebody who's falling from a building to fall down into, and they go, oh my gosh, this is the warmest, cuddliest, softest thing that has ever saved me from certain death. From certain death. (laughs) I have officially gone off the geek bender right now. Yes. Save me from myself. Yes, but anyways, you liked Green Lantern. I liked it. I didn't, I can't say I loved it. I liked it. It doesn't offend me. Okay, and other big geeky news. Apparently Warner Brothers has decided that the Harry Potter DVDs in their current incarnation will no longer be sold. After about the end of this year. So they're anticipating the Mayan calendar stopping early, and they're just packaging everything up for the aliens a year early or something like that? Maybe. Or, you know, maybe they're just trying to pull a Disney. (laughs) Yeah, with the Disney Disney vault. Well, the article I was reading tonight, the person from Warner Brothers they were talking to did say in a kind of vague, roundabout sort of way that they were kind of thinking they would repackage it at some point... Like, late 2012, early 2013-ish. Which also kind of pisses me off, because it's like, oh great, now I have all the movies, and of course they're going to bring out the extra cool editions, which I'm going to want. It's like, you bastards. Yeah. But... The Snape outtakes. If there are Snape outtakes, I am buying that sumbitch. It is mine. The Potions Master is mine. But yes, but basically what they're going to do is... It's not like they're going to pull them all off the shelves at the end of the year. What they basically said is that at that time they're going to stop printing them, mm-hmm. and then whatever is left in stores will just sell Eventually out. sell out. Yeah, gradually. Which, you know, I have to wonder, how many people who, other than people maybe whose children have been too young and are just finding the Harry Potter movies now, how many people who are interested in the Harry Potter movies or would be interested in the Harry Potter movies, don't already have the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah, true. It's like, if you have not already jumped on this bandwagon, why? Even though I know someone through work who is only just now reading the Harry Potter books. Mainly because she was taking pride in being all smug that, like, mm. why would you read children's books? And now she's started reading them, and she's completely hooked. We know somebody who's... And she's going nuts. What, has he read the books or seen the mo- and seen the movies? Or has he just read the books? He's Alright, so he's... He's read the books, he's seen the movies, and he doesn't care for the Potterverse at all. Don't look at me like that, I'm only the messenger. 
My God. Ziggy? You know, different strokes, different folks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just find it especially amusing that the coworker who was all smug that she uh, had yeah. never read them is yeah. now completely addicted and going nuts. I'm like, ah, that is what you get. <laughs> 46,000 billion million trillion big, people can't be wrong. Yes, an extra big universal smackdown. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you would like the Harry Potter DVDs and you don't want to wait and see whatever they're doing later, this would be a good time to get them. Or if you have, if like me, you had the first couple movies on VHS tape <laughs> and had not yet replaced them. I think it was actually a few months ago that I actually got the first movie Your on age DVD. Is showing. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I don't think I have those on DVD. I should get the first two. I just suddenly had a flashback. You remember the last episode we were talking about the uh, booby app? Yep. Snape telling you to touch your boobies? Oh, hello. Okay, I'm sorry. Tangent over. Turn your boobs to page 394. Of your potions. <laughs> of your potions, Spaniel. All right, in the past uh, two weeks, it has been pointed out to me that apparently I severely bastardized the pronunciation of some very important proper nouns from the Norse language or in Norse mythology. Those pronouns would be associated with a big mystical world tree and a damn hammer. Now, I've checked with various people that have Nordic education, relation, influence, and whatever you have, and to my best understanding, I was pronouncing the words correctly, but perhaps I was mumbling, and as you can guess from tonight, our mic sucketh. And I'm looking straight at the mic as I say it. I am not afraid of you, damn it. Psst, as it goes out again. I'll sick the monkey on you. The monkey looks at me like it's going to kill me. Don't make me get up there and fix that mic again. Okay, so, but basically, the hammer belonging to Thor is called, its name is Mjolnir. Now, I know I'm not pronouncing it with a proper inflection somewhere in the throat. Mjolnir. Anyway. Yeah, and it's probably not... Picking up, I know I can tell there's probably some subtleties like the rolling of the R and stuff yeah. that Mike is not picking up right now. And the, the world tree is either pronounced Yggdrasil or Yggdrasil. And if I didn't get that right, look, I'm sorry I give up. At this, <laughs> I've tried, I'm sorry I give up, but I do not mean to insult anybody's culture or passions. I honestly thought I was pronouncing them correctly. Anyways... Yeah. And really, and there's a point to which you will probably never be able to pronounce them exactly right, because I after a certain age, you can no longer make certain sounds that your language does not include. On top of that, I ain't no Valkyrie. <laughs> no, no metal bra for me. I would take a flying horse, but no metal bra for me, thank you very much. Just also remember that the Norse language has not been spoken for, you know, fluently for quite a very long time. Yeah, ancient Norse at least. And it's going to vary from the Finns to the Swedes to the Danes to whatever. But anyway, That's your explanation and you're sticking with it? Yeah. And yeah. Um, we after, try. after that, from here on, it will re be referred to the world tree and the damn hammer. Yes. Okay. Actually, speaking of things based on old Norse languages and mythology and things like that. Yes. The Hobbit. Because Tolkien did take a lot of his inspiration for yes, he the did. language and stuff from that. I mean, um, pr pretty much, what was it? Rohan. Rohan. Yeah. The, the Rohirrim. Yeah. My God, they're just like, Norse! Oh my God! <laughs> But yeah, so I was just reading something tonight that apparently Hobbiton, from the filming of the Lord of the Rings, right. that set, is becoming an official tourist destination. Now, I really want to know, is this going to be like a tour tourist thing, or are they going to let you stay in <laughs> Hobbiton? I would think it's at least, like, probably just touring sort of thing. I hope but, that... Um, okay. 
Apparently, when they first filmed Lord of the Rings, the Hobbiton is just in the middle of, like, a sheep pasture. And when the filming was finished, it was just turned back over to the farmer and nothing was maintained. And then, of course, for filming The Hobbit, they've had to rebuild. So apparently Peter Jackson has said that now Hobbiton will be maintained. So That's cool. And I think that... I want that job. Yes. I want that job. I want to work at the Hobbiton Museum. And I think from, by the sound of it, too, they're actually going to be adding interiors. Because, of course, for the movies, the interiors are shot on a soundstage. Right. But I think they said there's going to be 44 hobbit holes, <laughs> plus the Green Dragon Pub. And they got to sing the song every night, too. <laughs> and people trained. Yes. Performers. See, I really want to go to Hobbiton and stay there, like, bed and breakfast style. I think that would be fan... I mean... People go Everything off. would be in our scale. Yeah. Wait, wouldn't I have to... Oh my god, I can actually reach the top shelves of the cupboards. <laughs> wouldn't have to go and drag a few chairs over. Uh-huh. And then somewhere at the end of the long weekend, you know, no, I don't want to leave. Find me <laughs> oh a real estate god. agent. I am staying. I want to live in Hobbiton. I'll dress up every day. They're going to have to build a Brie for, you know, normal-sized people like you, the village of Brie. An interesting list for this weekend, or for any other time, really, but, you know, especially this weekend being Halloween weekend, io9.com is doing their list of 50 scariest movies of all time, and they're basically releasing them 10 at a time. Today, they're up to, they started with 50 to 40, and now they're, this latest list was 11 to 20. And I haven't watched a lot of scary movies. I might actually look through this list and see if there's any that sound interesting. I'm not big into scary movies. No, Maggie is a big chicken. Forgot! But especially not like the slasher, gory type. Not really my thing. But they did have a couple on there that I've seen and a couple that fit sort of the creepy movies that I like to watch. Okay. Which are the ones that like mess with your head. Psychological thrillers. Yeah. Like, if anyone has seen the 1963 movie The Haunting, oh my god, that one scared the crap out of me when I was younger. It scares the crap out of me now. There was a remake in the 1990s, Dear God, Do Not See It. From what I've heard, it's horrible. I have not seen either of them, and probably from your reviews, I'm probably not going to. (laughs) I like to sleep. I like not to... uh, Yeah, whatever, sleep for the week. I'm weak. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Maggie doesn't do um, horror movies very well. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, with the with the haunting, the main thing is that, like, you don't actually see anything. You just hear things, and it freaks the crap out of you. I believe it. My type of horror movie is probably Sixth Sense and Coraline. That's about as haunting as I get. Yeah, I think, uh, I forget where it was on the list, but I know M. Night Shyamalan's Signs was on the list. Mm. There's nothing to stop the Sixth Sense from being... In the final ten. Yeah. I've seen um, his movie The Village as well. Yeah. I mean, that's not really... That's a little on the eerie side. Yeah. Not, not outright, you know, skin-crawly creepy. I have seen Blair Witch Project. I don't remember when I started sleeping again after that. It took <laughs> that a while. That was a bad idea. It was a bad <laughs> idea. It was a real... And that was back in my university days, and like four of us went together by the end of the movie, all four of us were holding hands and freaking the heck out. And, you know, university students, they just mess with each other. It was just not a good idea. Yeah. And, of course, it's always fun to look at movies, lists like this. Maybe not as much for us because we're not really into the horror movies. Though, again, I'm sort of, like, looking at it to see if there were any that I had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they were and how they, what they described them. You know, how they... Characterized them? Yeah, how they characterized the them and what they, they pulled out as the really freaky, stu- freaky stuff. Um, 
But of course, it's always fun to look at lists like this. So you can be like, why is that movie on here? Or, oh my god, this movie should have been on here. Okay. Or why is that one in the top ten and this one isn't? So, obviously everyone's opinions will differ. Yeah. But it's always fun looking at stuff like this. And like I said, you know, I might, I might look through it and see if there's anything that I haven't seen on the list that looks like it might be interesting for when I'm in the mood for that sort of thing. Which isn't terribly often, but, you know, Halloween, maybe. Though I think actual Halloween, Mom and I are going to be watching Ghost Hunters Marathon. Really? Yes. And then, actually thinking of... I was thinking with the M. Night Shyamalan movies, I was thinking of the ones that I liked. One of the ones that I, I enjoyed, especially because it has a superhero element to it, is Unbreakable. Which, of course, also has Samuel L. Jackson in it. Woohoo, Sammy! And I actually saw an article today that Samuel L. Jackson is the highest-grossing actor ever, accord to Guin- according to Guinness World Records. Wow. And I should explain by highest what I mean but what they mean by highest grossing. It means that if you look together look at the box office take of all the movies that he's been in put together, they have the highest gross of any other actor. So he may not have the leading role, no, but all the movies that he's been involved with, yeah, have had huge grosses. He may not have paid, been paid very much for some of the roles, but the movies that he's been in have grossed, to, when you put them all together, have grossed more than, say, all of the movies that Tom Cruise was in. Right. Or all the movies that Matt Damon was in. Which, I mean, when you consider that, I put a note down, you know, we are talking, like, the Star Wars, Wars prequels. prequels. Yeah. He was in those. And Jurassic Park. Yeah. And Goodfellas. And Pulp Fiction. And... And now all of the uh, Avenger movies. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of any, like, huge stinkers that he was in. Like, he's done smaller parts. He's done s- somewhat smaller movies. But even stuff like... I mean, even stuff like Snakes on a Plane. I think he did fairly well at the box office. Right. Even though, like, the critics didn't like it. And, you know, it was a cheesy popcorn movie. Yeah. Oh, way to go, but Sammy. But it's still, you know, grossed a fair bit because of the whole internet hype about it. Right. And I think everybody just went to it so they could hear the the line that the internet created. <laughs> I have had it with these mother snakes on this mother plane. <laughs> I, actually, just before I left, like a week before I went on my trip, I, I flirked that I was tempted to make a little... A little snake? Snape. Snape oh, doll, Snape. as in Professor Snape, Snape on doll, so just so I could take a picture and be like, I've had it with these Snapes on this plane. Snapes Aww. on the plane. Groaner joke. One of the sites that I was showing Karen, speaking of Halloween-y things, before we started, and we'll link, have to link this in the show notes, there is the sculptor Ray Villafane, who apparently does this quite frequently. He does this pumpkin carving quite a lot. He took the world's largest pumpkin and carved zombies coming and bursting out of it. It looks amazing. So, I mean, and the measurement, this pumpkin weighs 1,800 pounds. And he used all of the innards of the pumpkin and all of the guts and the seeds and all sorts of stuff like that to make this sculpture. And it looks like three zombies are punching its way out of this enormous... I mean, this thing is like the size of a body of a Volkswagen bug. Yeah, there's actually, when you see the picture of it, there's one hand sticking straight out of it as though, you know, a zombie reaching out of a grave, and another one sort of clawing its way out the side. It's amazing. And actually, the figures on it look really real. Yeah, I mean, he's got one clawing its way out the front, and it's, you know 
got its hand reaching forward, and all of the pumpkin, you know, stringy innards are gory mess coming off of the zombie. I mean, he's, yes. he's carved teeth into them. He's carved the hollowed-out bones for the so- eye sockets and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. really detailed stuff, and it's I a- love that uh, he's taken chunks of pumpkin and suspended them on, like, skewers, so that mm-hmm. the pumpkin looks frozen in its... Shattering, yeah. yeah. Really love it. It's some amazing pumpkin artistry. And plus, it's got zombies. Yeah, zombies, duh. My god, look at that. Oh, I mean, look at the, the it's got guts f- hanging off the fingers. It's got finger frickin' nails. And actually, actually, just the other day, I retweeted something on our Twitter account, Geek 2 Someone had posted a tutorial on how to turn your jack-o'-lantern into a flamethrower. Oh, I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me about it. Yeah. Instruction on it? Yeah, Instructables had how to make a flamethrower out of your pumpkin. <laughs> I think I put it when I retweeted it. I was like, you know, in case you feel like visiting the, I- the ER or losing your eyebrows. <laughs> One of the, you know what? Everybody, you should post your favorite pumpkins that you found on the internet. Yes, or ones that you've done. Ones that you've done. Extra points for ones that you've done. I saw pictures of a Dalek pumpkin <laughs> where they carved out where, you know, the skirt of the Dalek has those round, you know, balls on them. Yeah. Yeah. Dalek has balls. Har, har, har. They carved it out and put in little semi-spheres on the pumpkin so that when it is lit from the inside, they actually glow around in the skirt. It's actually really cool. Yeah, so if you have any really good jack-o'-lanterns or really good pictures of costumes yeah. this year, come on, guys. Uh, we want to see your costumes. I want to see geeky costumes, too. My son this year is... I find it a little bit ironic that we're in the uh, Niagara region of Ontario and my son wants to be Captain America. I keep saying I'm going to put a maple leaf on his bum. A little Made in Canada stamp? Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking of other favorite Halloween things. I should rewatch some of my favorite Halloween specials from different shows. Like Charlie Brown? Yeah, or Garfield. I think I liked Garfield better when I was a kid than the Charlie Brown one. I didn't get to watch Garfield growing up. Because you wouldn't have gotten the American no. television stations. We would have gotten some. We would have gotten the Floridian television stations, but only some. And I want to show you this. Oh my god. This is on notmartha.org, and it's a zombie head cheese. Yep. So what she's done is, she's basically taken what, like, cheese spread sort of stuff? Yeah. And... Put it over a skull. A plastic skull. And I think you said it was spam for the tongue or something? Yeah, the tongue is spam. So what you can, you and your guests can do is, like, take crackers and scrape cheese off the skull. And it is pretty, I mean, you gotta admit, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, it's looking. pretty revolting looking, actually. <laughs> I can see the guests just being like, eh, I don't want to eat the... I mean, you do get, for a Halloween party, whenever you're asked to bring stuff that's of the Halloween-y variety, you get mm-hmm. a lot of cupcakes that look like brains, yeah. or you get a lot of, you know, cookies in the shape of bats and whatever. You don't get a lot of savory stuff. Yeah. This is, you know, a great alternative, but you have got to have some cojones to be yeah. basically be able to pick up a cracker or a crudite or something and just dig into that zombie flesh. Yeah. I think it might help. It might help depending on the age range, because I'm sure if you have, like, maybe college age guys, I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, watch me take some of the zombie head off. Om nom nom nom. Uh, zombie head guys would probably be, you know, making lots of other rude body parts. But she's also got, you can see here, she's got, this is a meat hand. It's a, ma- it's a meatloaf hand with mashed potatoes. 
Ew. I mean, she's pretty creative. You gotta admit admit that. Yeah, it just looks like well-cooked flesh. Well, I'm sure that's what it's meant to be. And here you go. Here's something a little bit milder. Tentacled pot pie. That's awesome. Oh, my God. It's just a little bit milder. So if you think of a little, you know, the individual little, like, shepherd's pies or chicken pot pies where they have the crust on top, just imagine that crust having, you know, eight to ten tentacles that come all the way down the side of the the ramekin or the little baking cup and then flaring out onto the the plate that it's sitting on. It's, It's got a little bit of a spooky edge, but it's not revolting. Anyway, so that's notmartha.org. Yeah, she's there's got, a lot of Halloween stuff on there. Yeah, she's got a lot of great holiday ideas. Yeah. Bit late for this year, but for if you want to start planning next year's Halloween party, there's all kinds of ideas on there. <laughs> so we're going to move into shining the spotlight on Karen for Cravings, Covets, and Crushes because Karen went on a real knitting adventure outside of the country. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned, I went to visit geeky friends in Kentucky, and my geeky friends were so wonderful as to, on their own, look and see what yarn stores were in the area so they could take me there. Extra points. So, let me just get my stuff out. I haven't seen any of this yet. Yeah, Maggie hasn't seen anything yet. Okay, so we went to one store called Magpie Yarns, which is so perfect because I'm such a magpie when I'm in a yarn (laughs) store. Oh, pretty. (laughs) Do they have teal? As I reach for the skein. And it's teal. Oh my goodness, look at that. It's jeweled. Okay, so I got one from a dyer called Shalimar Yarns. S-H-A-L-I-M-A-R. And this is... It's uh, 75% merino, 15% cashmere, 10% silk in the Neptune colorway. So it's a really pretty semi-solid teal. It is. Whoosh. And one of the reasons I have really wanted to finish Mom's Shawl is because I think that is going to be some kind of gloves for me. Especially because of the cold snap we've been having lately. Yeah. We had frost this morning, guys. Yeah. My little hands have been cold and I've been like, I want to make some mittens. Yeah, gloves. that is Buffalo had snow. Yeah, certain places in central New York. I think Toronto even had a dusting. Maybe, maybe not a dusting. Maybe like wet snow that melted as soon as mm. it landed. But I know a friend of mine in central New York posted pictures this morning of what it looked like outside her window this morning, and there was a couple inches of snow on the ground. Wow, <laughs> and everything else. But then, considering a few years ago, Buffalo had a major winter storm in mid to late October that dumped like a meter or two yeah. of snow on the city. This is not entirely without precedent. Oh, and I never even noticed this before because it was tucked inside the the skein. But I think she calls this kind of yarn breathless, which is I guess that's her name for the the line, the cashmere. Yeah, that's four hundred and twenty yards for four ounces. Nice. Which should be good yardage for what I want to do. Also at Magpie Yarns, I got color. Yes, I got some from a dyer called Diabolical. <laughs> and it's in her s- strong arm skinny two ply sock, which has that nice tight twist that I like. And this colorway is like tealy green and purple and. Looks like black and yeah, gray. Yeah, it looks like black and, and sort of gray, white. And of course, places where those colors just sort of blend in and out of each other. And it's called Joe Rides a Motorbike. That's what it's called? Yes. The okay. colorway is called Joe Rides a Motorbike. That is serious extra J-O. points. I I really like names like that. And it is gorgeous stuff. And I should mention it's spelled D-Y-E-A-B-O-L-I-C-A-L. Diabolical. And when I went there, my main thing was I wanted to get stuff that I can't get here. Right. 
Because, of course, they had some really nice Madeline Tosh and some other stuff, but that I can find here. Yeah. So are those local dyers to that area? I don't know about local. Like, Diabolical is in St. Louis, Missouri. And Shalimar, I haven't looked up their website, but it doesn't say exactly where they're, they are. Their website is shalimaryarns.com. And then we went to another store in Lexington. This one's actually right near the University of Kentucky. They had a lot of really interesting stuff there, and it's called Rebel Yarns. Okay. R-E-B-E-L-L-E. Okay. And I got... More teal. More teal. This is teal and black. It is. That looks like a superhero costume. Yes. Look at the way the colors shift. And this one is from a company called Dunn Roving Yarns. D-O-N-E. Roving Yarns. And it's their Frolicking Feet Sock Yarn. In the Southwest Gem colorway. Okay. And it's basically just like a deep teal and black, and it just sort of moves from one to the other. I haven't pulled the skin apart to see exactly how big the color sections are yet. Right. But I love what it looks like. Because right now, twisted up in the hank and bound, the center part of it has that jeweled teal Teal. color, and then the two ends are are black. black. And you can imagine sort of the gradation that goes out from there. Yeah, and you can see where it sort of slowly blends from the, the teal to the black. And it looks so pretty. They had this one, and then another skein they had was actually the same deal, except the center was bright pink. Wow. Like neon pink. And I kind of looked at that one, and I was like... With black? Yeah. Wow. It was really pretty, but I was like, eh, teal. Here I am socks. Shazam. I call those flamingo socks. And of course, all this yarn that I got meant that when I got to the border, Canada Customs asked me, how much did you spend? And I tell them, they're like, what did you spend it on? Yarn. Yarn. As well as, you know, a couple books and a mug. But yarn. You could just imagine what's going through their mind at that time. Uh, They're probably just lucky I didn't win anything when we went to the racetrack. Because, of course, we had to go to Keeneland. To watch the pony, to pl- to bet on the ponies. Just to say you've done it. Yeah. Oh, what is and then that the last, column of silver? That the is, last one. That is a column is of actually silver. On the way back to the airport from Lexington, we stopped in Frankfort, Kentucky, which is the capital of K- the state capital right. of Kentucky. Really pretty too. It's down in a little holler. And so <laughs> all these old buildings. And one of the places we stopped was the Woolery. Which was where I got the replacement parts for my spinning wheel about a month ago. (laughs) Which was actually funny, because when I was paying for the stuff, the guy there asked, are you on our mailing list? And I said, yeah, I probably am. He's like, have you ordered from us? I'm like, yes, I have. Like six weeks ago. But I got what looks like, it looks like a bat, actually. Except it's kind of compact. I'll have to, I haven't yet taken it out of its bag. For anybody who's not sure, we're not talking about the flying mammal at Halloween. B-A-T-T. Basically, it's a compacted shape of roving. Yeah. Bats are usually pretty floofy, but this is 70% North American Surrey alpaca and 30% merino. And there should be an end somewhere. Is that it? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay, actually, no. No, it's very fine roving. It's not a bat. It just looks like it because it is this big skein <laughs> it's a of gi- floofiness. <laughs> I just, it's a giant phallus of... <laughs> it's not a phallus. <laughs> I mean, and the shape is roughly the shape of like some of the commercial yarns like Red Heart and stuff like that. The okay. longer skeins, but feel it. You want me to feel your phallus yarn? <sighs> it's not my phallus yarn. It's not even yarn. No, it's not yarn yet. It's in the... It's called Sereno, I guess is the... The company's name, it's from Flaggy Meadow Fiberworks, and it's made in Kentucky. Oh, great. I think from Kentucky Alpaca, because apparently alpaca is a big deal in Kentucky. It's even got the Kentucky Proud symbol on it. Nice. Do you have plans for this? 
Uh, not quite, though I'm thinking I'd like to do it fairly fine and do something lacy and special. Something that looks like winter and yeah. icy. And this is in the Baltic colorway. It's sort of gray and very light grayish blue. And I think there's a little bit of pinky. Yep, purples. Pinky purpleness going through it. And a little bit of slightly bluey green. But it's all in this very sort of muted gray sort of color. And this is when I had to stop myself from buying more. Ah. <laughs> Luckily, this was our last stop. There you go. Because, you know, vacation yarn, or vacation fiber, does not count, as we know. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't count as money spent on yarn. It does not count as stash. But tell that to my credit card company. I know. It's all right, Kitty. We're almost done. It's okay, Kitty. Kitty is asking for attention, so we can't be here much longer. But yeah, so those are all the, all the things from Kentucky, and I'm really glad to have like more new stuff, dyers that I have never seen before, and also stuff especially from Kentucky. I and think that's the fun part about like going. Part of the fun part about traveling is like finding new stuff there, including new yarns. And I think we've mentioned it on the sh- on the show before, but I should mention it again in case anyone else is doing any traveling anytime soon. Like say, I know American Thanksgiving is coming up. Mm-hmm. Invaluable tool for traveling knitters knitmap.com yep there you go I have linked it before I will link it again because basically this is what I do when I go on vacation somewhere I look up all it you basically uses like Google Maps and their own database to find all the yarn stores in a specific area so you plug in where you're going and, and it'll you show rev- you on a map you can get reviews of those yeah, yarn there'll be stores user, too. there's tons of user reviews they do sometimes have hours right for the stores, but I think those are sometimes... I don't know if they're sometimes user-submitted, sometimes store-submitted, and of course, you don't know how old that is, so you'd have to double-check with the store, see if the store has a website to make sure that they're actually open right. at that time. But yes, knitmap.com. Do you have anything that you've been craving or crushing on? I'm still cra- I'm still crushing over the... Yeah, the Knitter's Pride. The Dream Collections, yep. Yeah. Go big or go home. There's always Christmas. Yes, I know, there's always Christmas, and <laughs> I was still going around the merry-go-round of what pattern am I going to knit my Madeline Tosh into today? Oh, Lord. I told you, don't even look at patterns until you are actually ready to knit it. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Which could very well be, you know, as soon as I finish this here mitten. And I'm surrounded by this lovely yarn, and I still have to finish mom's <laughs> You stole. have to make the stall. That has got to be agony. Yes. You have all of this beautiful new stuff, and you <laughs> have to knit on a, a brain meat taxing pattern. Yes. Okay, okay everybody, have a safe Halloween and uh, send photos of your jack o' lanterns. Send yep. photos of your costumes or photos of jack o' lanterns that you've seen online or other cool costuming that people have done. Be safe. Yep. Have fun. Send pictures, as always. And we'll see you next week. Yep. How about that? <laughs> bye bye. Thanks for listening. For show notes or to comment, you can visit our blog at knit1geek2.mtpockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1-G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also email us at knit1geek2 at gmail.com. Join in the conversation at our Ravelry group. Just search under groups for Knit1Geek2. You can also find us on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash knit1geek2. Thanks for listening. Sorry. Ah, somebody's attacking my toes. <laughs> I'll take. Um, yes. Why are you trying to attack my pants? <laughs> no, it's your socks that he's going my after. Socks. Jeez. Jesus. I'm going to have to lift my legs up because <laughs> the cat seems to want to go underneath. <laughs> he wants to go underneath the couch right where my legs are.
Thank you for your input. Meow.